Hello and welcome to 5 Minutes to Midnight. Our guest in this episode is Iranian analyst Behrouz Durrani, who will be discussing the current political situation in his country. First, I will summarize the present context of what's happening in Iran. It's hard to recall the last time we heard good news from Iran, but recent developments indicate that the country has entered a new stage in its struggle with itself, its neighbors and beyond. The assassination of Iranian scientists and engineers, the sabotage of Iranian industrial installations, both widely accepted to be the work of Israel, and street protests bode ill for the country's stability. Meanwhile, efforts to revive the nuclear deal have taken a giant step backwards, making the prospect of lifting crippling sanctions imposed by the United States even more distant. In this episode, our second on Iran, Analyst Behrouz Durrani provides us with an update on some of the critical developments in Iran. Welcome, Behrouz. Hi, Mohammed, and thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, I'd like to ask you, what is the current status of the talks to revive the nuclear deal? What are the main stumbling blocks? We know that there has been uh, a suspension since about a month ago, and even the, uh, during the previous months, uh, although Iranian delegations and delegations from uh, the JCPOA member states used to meet each other, there was no direct meeting between Iranian and the uh, American delegations. Uh, the latest round of talks uh, took place about four weeks ago in Doha, in Qatar, uh, again, with Iran and the United States uh, delegations talking through uh, mediaries. They didn't talk face to face, or at least this is what they have agreed to tell everyone, that we don't meet face to face and we talk about, uh, we talk through mediators. Uh, Nothing so far has been said by the Iranians that would indicate that there has been any breakthrough or any positive development in the talks. In fact, we are still uh, three or four years after the uh, um, U.S. pulling out of the JCPOA uh, when Iran, uh, in return, reduced its commitments under the 2015 nuclear deal and the United States imposed even more sanctions on Iran. Since then, since 8th of May 2018, um, no positive change has occurred. Both sides have claimed at times that they are very close to an agreement, uh, but none of those claims uh, have turned out to be true. Right at the time, while we are talking to each other, um, Iran says an agreement is within reach, but the United States is reneging. And the United States is saying that we have a very good agreement. The only thing we need is for Iran to return to the negotiating table and accept the terms. Uh, Iranians have been insisting sanctions on the Revolutionary Guards, on the IRGC, should be lifted first, uh, but the United States is adamant to keep the sanctions against the Guards, and this appears to be the main hurdle, although Iranians have at times claimed that 
the main problem is not the issue of the IRGC, uh, but there are every indication that this is the main obstacle on the way of reaching an agreement. But of course, there are other obstacles too. I mean, Iran's renewed alliance with Russia uh, and um, the statements made by, by the Iranian Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei last week, uh, less, than, less than a week ago, during a meeting with uh, Russia's President Putin, that Iran is going to join the um, Russia's war in Ukraine and support Russia. This and also Russia's intervention in the negotiations during the past two or three months uh, is also another obstacle to an agreement between Iran and the United States. Although there are other member states in the JCPOA, the main parties to to the problem, to the uh, to the agree to the nuclear agreement, are Iran and the United States. And as long as these two do not face each other directly and talk directly, I don't think anything would be solved in between. And as a result of this, Iran is going to suffer tremendously in terms of uh, um, people's livelihood and uh, the country's worst economic crisis in the past 20, 200 years. Yeah, the, the United States and the European countries uh, the, had an agreement with Iran, uh, the nuclear deal agreement, which was reneged upon by President Trump. What has changed since then? Is the issue just the revolutionary guard, the sanctions against the revolutionary guards? What is it that the United States now seeks, uh, which was not in the nuclear deal that was originally signed? Yeah, um, what uh, the United States wants in the, in the negotiations with the Iranians, in the indirect negotiations with the Iranians, is most of the time, not about the nuclear issue, although there are problems about the nuclear issue, because yeah. since 2018, when the United States pulled out of the JCPOA, uh, Iran boosted its enrichment efforts. And not only the enrichment degree has been boosted, but the amount of enriched uran uranium Iran is keeping uh, and the stockpiling uh, has been um, over a few hundred kilograms, uh, which is not the amount Iran was allowed under the JCPOA to have. But, but the nuclear issue is not the main problem as far as the Americans are concerned. As far as the United States is concerned, Iran needs to change its behavior in a few other areas. One is ballistic missile development. Um, nearly all of Iran's southern neighbors, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the Persian Gulf states, and uh, even uh, Israel, which is uh, a little bit um, further down uh, towards the, the west, all of them have been complaining that Iran's nuclear program is a threat to them. At the, at the same time, all of them have been complaining about Iran's, Iran's ballistic missiles and Iran's drone development programs. Some of these countries, including Saudi Arabia, have complained to even to the United Nations about the drones coming from the Yemen, from uh, 
Iran's proxy group in Yemen, and uh, in in a few uh, instances, these attacks have been really uh, dangerous for yeah. for Saudi Arabia, for, for uh, including particularly the attack on Aramco. Um, Apart from the missile development, uh, Iran's regional ambition is something um, all of its neighbors are worried. Uh, I mean, Iran keeps and maintains proxy groups in uh, Yemen, in uh, Iraq, in Lebanon, and those proxy groups have been creating troubles for Iran's neighbors. And in particular, Iran's intervention in Syria, sometimes on behalf of Russia, has been another thing, another complaint. Um, and in this kind of complaints, even Turkey uh, is one of the countries that is not happy with what Iran is doing uh, in, in Syria. Um, although nowadays you can you cannot see much of Iranian activity in Syria because of Iran's financial problems yeah. and uh, Israel's crackdown on Iran's activities. International terrorism, Iran's sponsoring of international terrorism is another issue that the United States is and Europe are concerned about. Another issue, um, last but not least, is the issue of human rights. They have been exerting pressure on Iran to um, not, not to violate human rights in Iran. Um, as you know, that in uh, 2019, um, wh when the people protested against the sudden rise in gasoline price, in petrol price, uh, according to Reuters, um, some 1,500 Iranians were killed in the, in, in the streets by security forces. These are the issues uh, that... Any trade partner, even countries like France, who just want to do trade with Iran, are not happy with because they know that this kind of violence is not going to leave any stable and secure atmosphere for trade. Yeah, very few of the stumbling blocks you've mentioned were part of uh, the original nuclear deal. So it seems to me that by widening the scope of negotiations, uh, it makes the possibility of an agreement extremely remote. Do you agree with that? I, I, th I think so. I think so. But what the United States appears to be after is a package deal. They don't want just a deal about Iran's nuclear program. Yeah. Uh, because they can tackle this in other ways. Even today, Israel announced that Iran has only 17 days before it can uh, develop a bomb. And they said that Israel is adamant to make sure that Iran is not going to have access to nuclear weapons. Uh, yeah, it's worth mentioning that it Israel itself has yes. approximately 400 yes. nuclear bombs. Yeah. Yeah, a package deal, including all of these matters, I mean, the regional ambitions, the missile development, uh, the sponsoring of terror and things like that. Not, I'm not saying that all of these claims against Iran are true, yeah. but these are... These are the areas of difference between the United States yeah. and the West in general uh, with the Islamic Republic of Iran. Yeah, thanks. Before we move on to the uh, domestic sphere in Iran, just one question. What is the position or the motives of Russia in these negotiations? Uh, 
Russia has a, a catalog of uh, motives. And the first one is they don't want Iran to come to terms with the United States and supply oil to to the United States at their oil reserves to what Saudi Arabia is uh, giving the West and uh, elsewhere. Uh, this is one thing. Another thing is that Russia is Iran's rival uh, in, in, in the oil trade, uh, oil and gas trade. As long as this thing drags on uh, and these sanctions are uh, working against Iran, Russia would be happy about this. An agreement between Iran and the United States, first of all, would drag Iran out of its alliance with Russia. This is not something that Moscow would welcome. Uh, and Iran's partnership in the oil trade with the West is something the, uh, that Moscow doesn't want. These are just two of the reasons why Russia is behaving the way it is behaving. Thank you. Now we'll move on to the domestic sphere in Iran. Now Iranian politics is generally divided between the conservatives and the reformers. Who, in your opinion, has the upper hand in Iran at the moment? Since June 2021, when uh, President Raisi won the election, and a year before that, when Iran's conservatives overwhelmingly won the parliament majlis uh, in the parliamentary election, uh, there is no reform front any longer. I mean, there are people who call themselves reformists, but Iranians have been so disillusioned that they have, they have been chanting in almost every demonstration since 2009 that the reformers and the conservatives are the same. Any, uh, anyhow, uh, in, in, in the years 2020 and 2021, in both of the parliamentary and the presidential election, uh, Ayatollah Khamenei's Guardian Council barred all reformist candidates from taking part in the parliamentary election and in the presidential election and left only a few people who just look like reformists. They try to chant slogans like the ones the reformists uh, chant, but everyone knows that they are not the main reformist people. The, the, the most powerful reform leader, I mean, his pictures are barred from uh, publication in, in the Iranian media. The Iranian television has been told not to show him in any way with any excuse. And every reform-minded person who nominates himself for the parliamentary or presidential election will be disqualified by the uh, uh, Guardian Council, uh, which is a body of uh, 12 uh, jurist consults and lawyers, yeah. um, half of them appointed by the uh, Supreme Leader and another half by the Majlis, but still before being uh, appointed by the Majlis, those are, are also, they are also uh, pre-elected by the Supreme Leader or his men. Yeah. Uh, so the, the reformers do not have the upper hand. The conservative, not only the conservative have the upper hand, but now since uh, last year, the ultra-conservatives have the upper hand in Iran and they have been creating a fiasco of the country's domestic and foreign policies. The economy is in its worst situations in the past 200 years 
and the foreign relations, what, what, what the current government and the current majlis are doing is that they don't want to have uh, a breakthrough in the nuclear talk because everything in Iran's foreign policy is dependent on the, uh, on the nuclear issue. As long as Iran doesn't take the first step to solve this problem, Iran's relations with the rest of the world is in deadlock and Iran will suffer in isolation and the Iranian nation will suffer under heavy economic pressure. Do you believe that the current uh, impasse in the talks on the nuclear issue actually strengthens the conservatives in the eyes of public opinion in Iran? Only if the conservatives can make sure that Iran's economy improves, because this is the most important concern on the part of the Iranians in the street. I mean, they want jobs, they want high inflation to disappear, and uh, they want housing, and the conservatives have promised to, to build uh, one million houses every year and to create one million jobs every year. They have been in power, the parliament and the government, all of them uh, are conservatives. But during the past year, not a single house has been made or a single job has been created. On the other hand, uh, or con on the contrary, the people are extremely worried because people in the government give jobs to their own relatives. Yeah. I mean, nepotism is really uh, claiming um, uh, a lot of jobs and uh, even lives in Iran. Right, I guess that uh, the, these issues you've just mentioned, the hardship and the economic situation, are behind the recent upsurge in, uh, in the protests, which we have seen now and again. Are there any other issues that are prompting these street protests? Yes, in fact, uh, the political dynamics in Iran, uh, in, in, the, in the domestic politics of Iran, is uh, around uh, a few divides. I mean, there's a, or a few gaps or divides, whatever you wish to call them. There's one huge financial gap. There are a few who are financially really well-to-do and the majority of the population are suffering from an inflation rate, which is officially 46%. But some people say that in some areas, particularly about foodstuff and housing, it's more than 100%. So the gap between the poor and uh, the rich and um, the, the, the financial corruption and people's access, insiders, regime insiders, access to power and wealth. Um, they have some uh, privileges over the rest of the population. This is causing a lot of concern among the population. There are um, divides uh, about civil rights. Not everyone has the same right. As I said, the reformists are barred from every election. And um, if you are a Zoroastrian, if you are a Baha'i, if you are a Jewish person, if you are a Christian, or even if you are a Sunni Muslim, you have you, you, you don't have any chance of getting elected to a real post. And uh, at, I mean, for some, like the Baha'is, um, it, um, it is prohibited 
to give any jobs to them. And even their graveyards are being attacked by thugs uh, because um, they are absolute outsiders. They are considered absolute outsiders by the government. The rest of them, I mean, they don't comprise a, a, a huge part of the population. They, they, All of them might come uh, le- uh, uh, up to less than one million people. But just imagine the situation of the Sunnis. There are something between 15 to 20 million Sunnis in Iran, and still you don't have a Sunni minister. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, you, you cannot get elected to the council, to the local council, if you are a Sunni. But they are Muslims. They have every right to live in a Muslim country and benefit from every privilege uh, the Shiites are uh, uh, having access to. Uh, there's a gender divide, which is really ridiculous. Uh, women um, cannot do some of the, cannot get some of the jobs, although there are more Iranian women in Iranian universities than men. But still, when they are engineers, when they are lawyers, they nobody gives them a job. Very wow. few people would give them a job. And in the streets, the, the issue of hijab uh, the compulsory hijab is a real issue. Right now, during the past weeks, there have been campaigns on the uh, social media and in the streets of Tehran and all major cities because uh, the clerics, hardline clerics, have been uh, beating women, have been arresting women. And when you see the films on TV of, of, of the women who are arrested, you see that they are decent women. I mean, they are they are dressed modestly and they shouldn't be arrested. They shouldn't um, come across any trouble when, when they come to the street. This is causing a lot of concern in Iran and uh, everybody is unhappy about it. There is also a generation gap. Just look at the Iranian politicians. Nearly all of them are above 70 years of age. Look at the Iranian parliament. Apart from a few who are 50-something, 60-something, the rest of them are older. Of course, the new law uh, prevents people from getting elected to the majlis if they are older than uh, 70 70 or 75, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, But in, in the government, you know, a 96-old person, Ayatollah Ahmad Jannati, was reinstated as the chairman of the Guardian Council last week for another six years. I mean, during the end of his term of office, he would be 102. And uh, this is this is ridiculous. Well, there are a lot of younger people highly educated people who don't have a job, and you still give the jobs to the elderly. Um, among the Iranian politicians on the on the top level of Iranian leaders, it's only uh, Majlis Speaker Mohammad Baghir Ghalibaf and former President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, who are around, and of course, uh, President Raisi, who is currently the head of the government. They are the only people who are around 60 years of age. The rest of them, are all, all of them, are above uh, 70-something. Uh, the supreme leader is 84, and still nobody wants to retire. No, I mean, anyone that's retired, uh, the law says that people, when they get past the retirement age, they shouldn't be given jobs. But 
nobody cares about this this bit of law. There are also other divides, like the ethnic divides. If you are a Kurdish person, if you are a law, if you are a top, you you are not going to be allowed to uh, to have the right to free education. And there's also another divide between those who live in the capital and those who live elsewhere in the country. If you're living in the capital, this means that you are better off. If you are living elsewhere, this means that you are poor. If you are living in Khuzestan or uh, Baluchistan in the southern part of Iran, this means that, that you do not have access to fresh water. The government doesn't care about pollution in your area. The government doesn't care about high unemployment in your area and a lot of um, other problems. And of course, as I said, there's a divide between insiders and outsiders. If you are somebody's son or somebody's son-in-law, um, your job is almost uh, guaranteed. I mean, the son or the son-in-law of a big shot, a, a big turban person in Iran. Otherwise, uh, you have very little chance of getting a job as a young man. And there is also the religious divide, which is one of the one of the one of uh, one of the worst of them. If if you are a Baha'i, a Zoroastrian, a Jewish person, a, uh, a Christian, uh, or even Sunni Muslim. It's highly unlikely that you could get a job in the army or a good job at any civilian organization. Thank you. That sounds uh, extremely complicated. Just my final question. Uh, do you see any way out of this? Um, I, I, I mean, the, all of the criticism of the Iranian government at the time being is about its inaction and inefficiency. In any other country, if this had happened, the only way out would have been calling an early election. Yeah. This is out of the question in Iran. So the people have to cope with this government for another three years uh, until uh, everyone comes to his or her senses and find out that um, this kind of election uh, that took place in Iran in 2020 and 2021 is not going to work. They cannot uh, solve Iran's problem. You need different voices, different people at different places in the government so that uh, everyone would trust the government. The Iranian government has lost a lot of its credibility among the people. This has uh, needs to be rebuilt by um, telling the FIFA that, uh, or by, by uh, convincing the FIFA that you really want to help them. At the time being, Iranians, particularly young Iranians, particularly women, uh, they don't believe that anybody in the government is uh, really keen to help them out of the current crisis. And this is one of the worst crises Iran has ever experienced. That is an extremely uh, depressing picture. Thank you very much, uh, Bahruz. Uh, that was, thank you, Mohammed. Thank you. That was uh, Bahruz Turani. Talking to me, Mohammed El Dufani, on five minutes to midnight about the domestic situation in Iran and the prospects of the nuclear deal. Thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you, Mohammed.